very much. Asti, wonderfully proficient as usual. Uh, a very good afternoon, uh, everybody that is here uh, in Indonesia. Um, good morning to Dr. Paul, who's in the UK, and anyone else who's somewhere else in the world. Mahesh, I know in Singapore. Um, anyway, a, a very warm welcome to everybody. Um, this is a, a, a very nice, uh, tidy number for a cohort for this preview or round table, as Asti has referred to it, of the Agility Ship Richam Indonesia Master's Level Award in Agile Leadership Practice. Um, first thing to say about this award, um, this, is the, <clears throat> this is the first training and development program uh, that also carries with it um, an endorsement from the NOCN group, which is, means that there is global accreditation qualification. And what I meant by uh, first is this is the um, first such uh, tripartite association uh, that Britcham is involved with. So uh, this is a new relationship with two very, very active members of ours, Agility Ship and NOCN. Um, I won't spend any time introducing you to uh, Dr. Paul, known to you either through the uh, member working group or through a previous webinar, or indeed through the flyer that you responded to. Um, but what I would like to remind everybody about is that this is a preview, and it is a preview um, of a program um, that will start on November the 16th and run until the 16th of March with an appropriate break for Christmas and New Year. Um, so you're on this program today, this roundtable, hopefully either as somebody that is personally interested in taking um, this master program. Alternatively, you might be part of an HR team and you will use this preview to try and identify um, others within your uh, organization that uh, would benefit from this program. Or alternatively, if you're from a slightly larger organization, please do bear in mind um, that this program can be done as an exclusive, as a bespoke for a cohort strictly and absolutely from your organization. So any which one of those ways. Um, <clears throat> as you mentioned, um, we're running this as if you're in a classroom. So although you've been asked to stay on silent, um, do please feel free to um, take yourselves off mute and to chip in, whether that's with a question, a comment, a challenge, um, it really doesn't matter um, if it's all in pursuit of understanding what this program is about. Um, I, I would just like to say that because of the um, uniqueness of this arrangement and because of Britcham's involvement and the fact that there are two other Britcham members involved, um, there are extremely privileged and preferential rates for enrolling into this program as well. So significant added membership value as a privilege to Richam members. With that, I would like to hand over the floor, please, to Dr. Paul to take things over. I'll see you at the end. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Asti. And welcome back to colleagues that I know. And, and hello to, um, to colleagues that um, I'm about to uh, work with. Um, uh, welcome from a, um, from a wet and cold autumnal feel in the southwest of England. 
And then what I wanted to, um, to do today for you is just give you a little bit more insight um, into this program, um, uh, both in terms of its background, uh, its objectives, uh, the way the learning process works. Um, so please do ask any questions as we, as we go along, um, because I have covered some of this ground before, uh, but I don't want to make any assumptions. So if you need any clarity at any point, please, please, just, please just ask. Um, the, the first slide, uh, thanks Asti, the first slide here, um, I just want to just want to give you a fairly simple, oh, uh, Asti, if you just go back one, uh, just a, a fairly simple formula uh, on which the, the program is based, uh, just so we know um, um, how this is different. So the formula goes something like this. Um, if, you, if you want to create a sustainable business, um, and by that I mean a business that um, continues to improve um, um, and thrive, um, or indeed if you want to have a sustainable career, um, or um, um, life in general, then um, you need to become, we need to become together, more agile. Um, so the formula goes something like this. Um, if we learn more about our um, leadership practices, and um, more, more on that um, later, um, if we develop those 12 leadership practices, uh, that creates more agility in ourselves uh, and other people and inside our business cultures and indeed our communities. And that leads to, to more um, sustainability. So that's the, that's the formula. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to unpack that a little bit more now for you. Um, so you can see how, how this program um, um, converts that formula into something that's very practical as a, as a learning process. Thanks, Asti. Thank you. So what Agility Ship does um, generates renewal, relevance, reinvention and resilience for business, career and life in a turbulent world full of entrepreneurial opportunity. Now, what I, what I mean by this is that we're all facing significant disruption at the moment. But, you know, this isn't the first significant disruption we've experienced, is it? You know, we had the great financial crash. Now we've got a global pandemic. Um, guess what? There'll be some more waves of disruption um, on the way, uh, probably related to climate change, almost certainly created by um, developments in technology, um, uh, particularly robotics, AI, which is actually going to, um, again, have a significant impact on business career and life but i wanted to highlight this full of entrepreneurial opportunity because you know often often disruption um, is the mother of invention and so uh, coming on to this program the idea is that not only do you think about how you're currently navigating disruption you also are stimulated to think about alternative ways of doing things or indeed alternative businesses, products and services. So it's, this is not just about surviving the current disruption. It's actually about thinking ahead, um, being, being energized to come up with, with new ideas, to innovate um, and to um, come forward with perhaps business, businesses, services, products, um, that are even more fit for future purpose. 
This second paragraph is quite long. I'm not going to read it all out. Um, I mean, you can read that yourself. But what I wanted to highlight here is that the, the principle behind this program is that you can't do leadership on your own. That, um, that leadership, which creates um, agility and therefore sustainability, is a collective enterprise. Um, obviously, it starts with people that are leading, um, leading change. But it's a lonely place to be, as a lot of CEOs, directors, senior managers are finding out at the moment. And so without, without involving others and without generating and developing agility in others, um, you're unlikely to be able to maintain a, um, a, sustainable, a sustainable business. A couple of other aspects are that we do have to start to turn our attention to the next wave. So green technologies um, or indeed environmental concern um, probably now even more needs to sit at the heart of, um, of purpose and visions for businesses, for, for careers. And the morality question is, is also key um, because what's happening in the world is that um, this pandemic, for example, is falling more heavily on those that have the least assets. And so there's also, there's also a social justice element to this which of course matters because businesses need to build um, reputations to, in their communities. And part of that reputation building is to look after their communities because communities create customers. Communities are full of people who we may want to, um, to attract um, uh, to our business, either as employees or investors, for example. So that whole, that whole world of change is beginning to um, to impact on, on, our, um, on questions of our lead, for our leadership. So the qualification outcomes are, are, are fourfold. Um, first, the first one is self-leadership. Uh, uh, by the way, um, this program has now already been run 25 times across five continents over the past, over the past five years. So it's not, a, it's not a new program in that sense. Um, it's an, an, ad, an adaptation of an executive MBA module, which I, which I ran um, across those five continents and uh, seven different business schools. We've also run it in-house. Now, the, a, lot, a lot of the people that come onto this program, you, you'd wonder why, wouldn't you? Why would a CEO or a director want to come on the program? You know, they're obviously already running profitable businesses. Well, when you ask that question at the start, there's a number of reasons why senior people want to learn more about their uh, leadership agility. Um, the first is the obvious one. Uh, yeah, they've been successful so far, but how can they maintain their success? But the second one relates to this thing called self-leadership. Um, a lot of the people that come onto the program want to improve their leadership agility. They also want to compare how they're doing with with uh, with um, peers and indeed to learn from peers so the program is run on a, on a very interactive basis so that we can actually share um, our insights and concerns and, and hopes and challenges so you can't you can't really lead anyone else unless you can lead yourself first and that's particularly important at the moment because this disruption is is uh, is an opportune time for us to start thinking about our own purpose, vision, and values. 
We may even be considering um, career change, depending you know, on, on the state of our businesses or indeed uh, our career and life stages. So self-leadership is critical. Obviously, leadership of others matters too. I mean, this is the practical application in the workplace. And here, what I'd like to highlight is that we need to discover, because leadership has to be collective, we need to discover the strengths and weaknesses um, of, our, of our colleagues um, in terms of practices. You know, what is it, what is it, how can we make, how can different people make their best contribution? in terms of their leadership practice. I keep using that word practice. This is not about style, although style is involved. It's actually about what you do on a daily basis with your leadership, your own leadership and the collective leadership you have within your teams and through your colleagues. And so leadership of others then obviously naturally leads to leadership through others. And this is vital at the moment because of our, our our need to be working much more remotely. So leadership becomes much more about influence than it does about actual role. In fact, um, uh, having senior management in your title tells you very little really about your, um, about your leadership practice. So leadership through others also means that you have to bring on leadership agility in other people. Um, and we're, we're finding that out at the moment here in the UK, um, because having tried to centralize our approach to dealing with the pandemic, we've now belatedly discovered that we actually need the regions and the, and the city mayors to actually um, get more closely involved in, um, in delivering remedies to, to try and control uh, and mitigate the effects of this virus. So leadership through others is becoming more and more vital. And if, you're, if you've been involved in any, any team sports, you'll know that there's no point in just having the leadership in the captain of a team. You have to have leadership spread throughout the different phases of the game. Uh, for example, any of you interested in football, because Chris and I are always talking about football because we're Liverpool fans, sorry. Um, that's the way it is. Um, but... Um, if you're, if you're in football, you've got a captain, right? Of course you've got a captain. But however, you need leadership. You need leadership from the back line, the midfield and the attack. So, so leadership through others is vital. And that really draws on your coaching and mentoring skills, um, as well, of course, as your leadership in the moment. And finally, all the diagnostics and tools that you'll be introduced to on this program will enable you to become an agility ship consultant for your own um, team and organization. And so the, the, um, the assessment process is a practical assignment um, which asks you to identify the current um, levels of agility in your team or organization and, that, and, and then to come up with solutions to, to actually improve the overall level of agility. So that um, is the way the, um, the program is assessed. Thank you, Asti. And we've known for a long time, right, that um, adaptability to change is even more important than, than being strong. In fact, there are a lot of companies at the moment that did have very strong balance sheets, but have found themselves to be highly vulnerable because they haven't been as adaptable uh, as, um, as they need to be, um, given the unpredictability of the, um, 
of the environment generally and, and the business environment in, in particular. I mean, for example, I'm surprised that not more airlines um, have, um, have not uh, converted a lot of their uh, larger planes to, um, to carry cargo, bearing in mind they're struggling to fill capacity in, um, in passenger numbers. So uh, this adaptability change is key um, and over and above strength or even intelligence. And invention and repurposing is already happening. This is just one example. It's a car company in, in Canada um, that um, on, the back of, on, the, on the back of COVID-19 and the fact that people didn't want to travel with one another, um, they've come up with this um, solo, solo car. Obviously it's green as well, it's, it's all electric. Um, and so it fulfills a number of needs, customer needs, for driving into um, into cities, if you're if you're allowed to, that is. I just want to draw some distinctions now between the word leader, leadership, and adaptive leadership, because I think there's quite a bit of confusion out there. When I talk about leadership development, I'm not talking I'm not talking about the leader. I'm not talking about a particular personality because guess what? Personalities are very, very difficult to change. Uh, personality often gets laid down by the age of, of eight or nine years old. So um, a lot of CEOs and, and directors that come on this program often have these celebrity figures in mind and, and sort of measure themselves against them thinking to themselves, my word, there's no way I can become like um, uh, Nelson Mandela or Richard Branson, or, you know, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to reach that. Well, that's absolutely true. You won't be able to become Richard Branson unless you're genetically related to Richard Branson, you won't be able to become Richard Branson. So although we can learn off celebrity leaders in any walk of life, we can't become them. This program allows you to become a better version of yourself through your leadership practice. It will not change your personality. It will give you some insights into how personality might be impacting what you do, but it's more about changing what you do so that um, it's more um, impactful and influential. So we're interested in the processes of leadership not the personalities of leadership. So this communication that's going on, people shouting at one another across a table, these are the, these are the human to human interaction processes which we need to improve. Communications, relationships, and knowledge exchange. Those are the fundamentals. And we have to do that as speedily and with as much quality and clarity as possible, particularly during times of rapid change. Communications, relationships, and knowledge exchange is what really matters. And, and the better you get at that um, on your own and with other people, the more adaptive um, you, your team, and the business are going to become. Now, there are two types of agility that you will get to develop on this program. Um, and the reason, the reason it's spread out over three months is because of the learning process. 
The first thing is that you need to develop your agility in the moment. And I've got a little bit of an insight into one of the practices for you um, later on in this session, just so that you can understand what that might consist of. Agility in the moment is what's happening every day, you know, and um, if, if you're, you know, if your business is, has been impacted by something that totally out of the blue, if um, your workforce um, suddenly are experiencing difficulties, uh, your teams are thrown challenges, which they weren't even thinking about, then obviously you need to be quite fast in the way you respond. But the way, you, the way you become better at giving the right responses is through practice. So this sailing boat here that you can see that's in very turbulent waters, I mean, uh, sailors experience conditions that come onto them very quickly and without notice, high winds and high seas. So every person on, on this boat needs to understand what their roles are on this boat. They need to practice their leadership in the different phases. Some people need to be good at hoisting the sails and getting them down again. Others steering the boat, others providing balance. So agility in the moment requires um, learning practices together, rehearsing practices. By the way, once you get into the program, you'll understand, you'll realize that you're already practicing some of these 12 practices, but it's probably unconscious. The idea of the program is to actually make that, bring that into your consciousness so that you can fully understand what it is you need to do when and what the likely impact is going to be. Um, and by understanding how your leadership agility is broken down, of course, you can then do something about it. You can learn to improve it and develop it over time. So that's um, agility at the personal and team and collective level. And then we have another form of agility, which is more long-term, which comes back to the, uh, you becoming an agility ship consultant for your own organizations. Because guess what? Um, just when you think your business is at its most successful point, that's when you're at your most vulnerable. And that's because often cultures get used to success um, uh, delivering on products and services that have sold well and they've got you to where you, you are in terms of your share price um, or your, uh, your, your position in the marketplace vis-a-vis -vis competitors or indeed your, your level of investment from investors. However, it doesn't take too much time if you're not aware of a significant shift in the, uh, in this case, in the technology um, before you're, you, you move into decline. So there's something about building agility ship into your workplace culture that matters too. And um, Toyota have been very good at this. So it's very good at this. I know because I've worked with them in, in, um, in developing these 12 practices. Um, so in fact, they've done two things really well, Toyota. They've, they've been very good, obviously, at the Six Sigma and the, and the uh, continuous improvement methodologies. But they've also been really good at the people improvement processes and technologies as well and so it's not surprising that they've stayed ahead in their particular market for a long long time okay thanks so just a little bit about the origins of this particular program uh, which as i said has been run 25 times already um, 
and um, has had uh, well over um, a thousand students um, and learners on the program. Uh, I say students and learners, um, I'm just distinguishing between students, um, I'm talking about um, middle managers and, and above that have been on executive MBA programs and indeed I'm talking about um, learners who have been uh, in corporate programs where we've run this as well. So the origins come from this book, which I wrote with my colleague, uh, Malcolm Hicks. And there was a big, we were commissioned to write this book um, because although people were talking about change and leadership, no one was talking about, well, how, do you develop, how to develop change leaders. And indeed, the same thing is happening today around this word agility. We know why we need agility. We sort of know what agility is, although I think that will become clear if you come on the program. But do we still really know how to develop and practice agility? Well, that's what we're actually bringing um, uh, to, to you via British Chamber and, and NOCN. It's the doing and developing of agility that we are focused on. And this is the, uh, these are the organizations that were involved in the original R&D of the uh, 12 agility practices. And you can see um, Toyota's there. Um, it was developed through um, a university business school spin-off, that is the program. Um, and that was uh, because of where, where I did my doctorate, which, is Hen which was Henley Business School. Um, you can see we involved both the public sector and the private sector. And uh, that was important because we wanted to make sure that the, um, the 12 practices worked in, in, uh, across different sectors and different types of, um, of organizations with different products and services. Thanks, Asti. And um, there's just, um, just a sample of the, of the nationalities uh, of, the, of the managers that have been on the program. Um, the reason, therefore, that we can actually say that this is also uh, transcultural in terms of um, uh, relevance um, is that we've actually used this successfully with, um, as I said, uh, well over a thousand managers from probably approaching 50 different nationalities over the last um, uh, five years. And this uh, Excuse is, me. Uh, yes. Uh, Dr. Paul, we have a yes. question. From, yes, of course. Uh, we have a question from Ms. Irma Batubara. It is uh, on how to synchronize personal and collective agility, as this does not relate to personality. Okay, okay, a good question. So the synchronization comes from um, uh, fully understanding uh, which of the 12 practices, all the team members, let's say you've got a senior management team. The synchronicity comes from understanding through our diagnostics, because we have, we have two diagnostics, one which uh, enables you to analyze the strengths and the weaknesses um, across the 12 practices, and the other which actually looks at different personal values um, in your leadership. Um, and so we get the synchronicity from understanding the strengths and weaknesses across a team. And therefore we can actually, uh, in terms of delegating particular roles and, and tasks and activities, um, we can actually use, use some detailed diagnosis which we discuss together as a team as to who's better at doing what. 
So um, that's where the uh, synchronicity comes. So just show, like I showed you that example on the yacht, um, different people are obviously going to have different um, leadership strengths, um, which they can deploy depending on the, um, the change circumstances. So it's through diagnosis, discussion, and then allocation of specific roles and, um, and tasks to our, um, to our team members. Did that answer the question? Okay, thanks. Thanks, Emma, no worries. Okay, so I, you've, you've received the, uh, the, 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 docu the PDF document that ASTI sent out, which has got all the detail of, of the 12 uh, masterclasses. These um, are, of course, the 12 practices. And so um, here's, the, here's just the list again um, uh, for you, just to give you a flavor of the, uh, the topics that are covered. But bearing in mind that these are not, these are not lectures. So, don't, so don't, don't think that just because it's been delivered in a business school that they're lectures, they're not. We'll be introducing you to some of the science, of course, but it's, it's very interactive. And these are the outcomes so it's very much an outcome driven program. And these are the, this gives you an insight into the, um, the 12 improvements for want of a better description um, and um, that you will get from, from coming onto the program. And today I'm just gonna give you a little bit more insight into Agile Leadership in the Moment, which is the second um, masterclass. So you can see that there's a wide range of, uh, of um, of learning elements here, um, and uh, they're all related either to personal team or collective leadership in some way or another. And they all require significant development of different forms of communication, relationship building and knowledge sharing, um, and uh, different mixtures of those, which become more obvious um, when you're um, embarking on the program. Thanks, Mr. And this is the um, this is the learning methodology, and this you can see is the people continuous improvement system. So this was the inspiration from Toyota. Um, uh, if we if we can improve um, the the people that we work with in uh, in in leadership practice terms, because our view is that leadership isn't the sole province of of management. Um, then we can build and sustain adaptability for the long term and, um, and produce a much more agile working culture. So this is just to show you how the, how the practices link up for different phases of change, um, starting with the why and going anti-clockwise. Anti so first of all, we need to understand what our purpose is and whether that's a business purpose, an individual purpose, team purpose, or indeed a community purpose. And there are four practices which, which help us clarify uh, and communicate our, um, our purpose. Then we move on to the what. What, what do we need to change? What is, what is the innovation that's gonna make a difference here? And for that, we may need to replenish our resources. So understanding the, uh, not just the leadership practices we have around us, but also all the other good um, uh, technical and professional expertise that we can draw on, um, and how to draw that together to, um, to actually create um, innovation. Then, of course, if we've come up with um, a, a new strategy, 
uh, or a new business or service, we have to implement it. And that requires a lot of communication and that refocusing from what we were originally doing uh, involves a lot of one-to-one, one-to-many uh, and, and an awful lot of role modeling uh, of this is now our main priority and this is what we need to focus on. If we do all that well, it brings us the reward. But as I said, um, as well as uh, maintaining high levels of performance around our original strategy, we still need to be looking into this white space outside this circle uh, because that's where the next wave of change is coming. To, so ma to maintain our agility resilience, we still need to pay attention um, to, um, to, to changes in the marketplace, uh, in, our, in our employees, um, in, in technology, and so on and so forth. So very much leadership has to be distributed. We want people on the front line spotting changes as well as um, senior leadership. And there are 12 types of agility that each of the practices um, generate. So for example, if you just look at the left-hand column, which says practices, the far left, um, you'll see the first leadership practice is something called personal value sensitivity. If I just flick your attention to the column which says agility, uh, if we understand our own personal values, uh, and more importantly, understand the motivations of others, then we can adjust how we connect with, with other people, depending on different motivations. Because as we know, we're not all driven by the same, um, the same motivations. So understanding different motivations allows us to um, adjust our leadership um, connections with people um, to, uh, to accommodate um, the, the, the difference. Emotional intelligence, uh, the second one, which I'm gonna give you a bit more insight on soon. Well, that allows us to think about different leadership approaches depending on the type and strength of the emotions that are present in a particular situation. And so more on that in a moment. So uh, you'll be able to read these in your own time, but just, go, but, uh, just to say that each practice brings, brings about um, and develops and strengthens 12 different types of agility, which all add up to improving um, the agility across a workplace um, culture. All right. And um, we'll just have a, just pause for a little moment. We don't have too much time um, today, but um, if you just have a look at the uh, work issues addressed column um, and just uh, perhaps just go down the first four, it'd be interesting to hear from you as to whether you are experiencing any of those leadership challenges in your current, um, your current roles and workplaces. So first one, when you feel you're being clear about your expectations, or you can't, although you can't work out why your messages um, are not resonating and motivating others to give their very best effort and contribution, is that, is that a current challenge for you? Or when you're reacting to your own and others' feelings, and there's a lot of emotion going on at the moment because people are working at home, they're juggling family life with working life, with often, sometimes with ill health. When you're reacting to your own, your own and others' feelings, although sometimes you think you're adding fuel to the fire, um, rather than making those relationships stronger and longer lasting. So your emotional sensitivity may be, or lack of it, or the need to improve it 
um, may be um, causing some, some effects which um, aren't, aren't that helpful um, if you want to uh, keep people committed to you, to you and what you're doing. Or, or when you're overwhelmed with business information, or find, but finding it difficult to explain what's currently taking place and including explaining to employees, well, what is the business rationale? Are we still doing what we were always doing or are we changing? And what are the impacts of that, of that change? So in other words, being transparent and clear about the need for the change. And we're often pressed to make decisions, aren't we? Which, which can have significant impact. But sometimes we act too quickly without reflecting on the knock-on effects of a particular decision. And that can be at a personal team or, or whole of business um, level. So how much, how much uh, time due diligence do we do um, when we're feeling under pressure to act very quickly? Whereas in fact, what we should be doing is just to use a simple phrase, is sleeping on it and more importantly, um, taking soundings and, and having longer, more detailed discussions about um, the particular change that we, um, we, we go on and implement. Okay, and so you can use this, uh, the, these uh, work issues addressed to think about your current challenges and which are the ones that you're, um, you're, you, you're not experiencing, which are the ones that you are experiencing and what that might be to do with in terms of your, your own and your colleagues' um, 12 practices, which are highlighted on the left. Thanks, Asti. So I said I would give you a little bit of a, 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 a sample, a little bit of an insight into one of the masterclasses. And this is um, Leadership Agility Practice number two, Emotional Intelligence. So just, just to say that the, the learning process goes something like this. Um, before, the, before the masterclass, masterclass takes place, um, you'll be given a couple of readings. Obviously, you'll be given the slides that, uh, that we're going to be using in the session um, and some of the background science, uh, some of which is that it, which it was from my original book, but other, other, other um, applications and, and insights which are more contemporary uh, because we all, just like, just like uh, anyone else, I have to keep up with with the changes in the um, in the leadership development um, science and application, so a little bit of pre-reading. Um, you're given the learning resources before you come on, and then we discuss, and then we discuss and, and delve deeper into how to do emotional intelligence and and, and um, improve um, leadership performance in your in your roles or in your teams. So it's very much question based as well, and you can see. You can see uh, we always pose um, key questions related to each of the practices, and um, and we have um, you know good good open discussions about how we're currently handling uh, or trying to handle particular um, challenges related to each of the twelve practices. So emotional intelligence um, it consists of interpersonal intelligence, emotional intelligence, and intrapersonal. Just want to have a look at interpersonal emotional intelligence, Asti, if we move on, please. And so our interpersonal emotional intelligence um, is to do with picking up the emotions in others, as well as our own, 
when we're trying to um, um, adopt a particular leadership approach. So there are six main leadership approaches that we would need to draw upon and we'd need to be agile in, including sometimes in one single conversation, where we have to move between different leadership approaches. And these are, um, these are six different leadership approaches. It's driven by the emotional demands of the um, change, the situation we're experiencing. So often in a crisis situation, we need, we need to be really good at this coercive commanding style. Do what I tell you. Okay, Esty. If we're, if, we're, um, if we're actually turning around our organization or taking it in a completely different direction, or indeed we have new leadership, then we need to draw on this authoritative visionary um, approach. And that's really about selling a, com a compelling um, story about the, a new journey that we're embarking on. So it requires much more of a, a belonging development in our emotions, our, 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 our ability to um, help people get excited about connecting with us and coming on a new, on, on a new venture. Affiliative is important when we're going through um, troubling times and my word, don't we need this at the moment. And it's difficult, isn't it, to do what's, what's in this picture. You know, we can't put arms around one another, um, um, even if we wanted to. So, so what are we doing to maintain um, the demonstration that we actually care for people at the moment? It's so important, bearing in mind the remoteness of a lot of our operations and the fact that people are in distress, although an awful lot of people are also, you know, quite energized by, by, by making new contributions. So this affiliation, the, the caring for, for, for one another's ideas and feelings is, is vital at the moment. Um, democratic, yes, if we're, if we're gonna generate a learning culture, we need to draw on other people's ideas. Now, what I don't mean by this is, is just trying to get consensus on everything. And in fact, um, having been a senior executive in, in a large corporate um, and having, having um, counseled and coached CEOs to, to lead communication processes, what I'm not talking about here is going out to consultation when you've already made the decision about what you're gonna do next. I call that non-sultation, not consultation. So this has to be, for this one to work, it has to be genuine and transparent and everyone has to be clear about what is up for grabs and what isn't up for grabs in terms of um, any decisions that we might take. Pace Paul, setting is very- to interrupt again? Yes, yeah, sure, no worries. Yeah. Another question has arrived yes. from yes. Miss Indrijati. Uh, sure. Is there any individual assessment to measure the level of leadership agility? And is there any assessment for organizational agility as well? Thank you. Yeah, we, we, have, uh, we have diagnostics for individual, team, and whole of organization um, levels of agility. Indri. Right. Yes. And indeed, we have, indeed we have uh, an app. We have our own app. Um, yeah. So it's actually, it's a 60 question, it's a 60 question diagnostic. Mm. Um, and, um, and that we use for both individual and, and team-based assessments of, of agility. 
And then the organizational one, it's a, slight, it's a, it's a slightly different type of diagnostic. Mm -hmm. um, it looks more at the cultural dimensions of, of agility, yes, because um, obviously, um, you know, that's where we need to, that's where we need to have that, uh, that, that level of insight. So, but of course they're linked, they're linked. Yeah, yeah. And to understand the result of the assessment so far so that we can learn from there. Yes. Well, you need to start. That's where you need to start, right? You've got to, you've got to work out how much agility you've currently got. But as I say, um, most people, of course, do have some agility in their leadership practice already. Uh, but but it's unless it's diagnosed, it's like going to the doctor, isn't it? I mean, unless it's diagnosed in some detail, you're not quite sure what's causing what's causing what, you know. So, but yeah, so we've got an app for um, the twelve practices, and we have an app for personal values assessment as well, and then we have a wider range, which is more of a consulting diagnosis of the level of agility in the organisational culture. Okay. Thank Did that you. answer your question? Yeah, thank you. No worries. So just coming back to um, emotional intelligence and um, practice number two. Yeah, pace setting, you know, sometimes we need to, we really need to move quickly if we're not going to have a significant adverse impact, you know, in our team or our business. So often our leadership really needs to ramp up the speed with which we make um, and implement decisions. So, but you can't keep pace setting because you burn people out, right? And, 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 and the other thing is leadership, as I said before, it's, it's hard work. It's energy, it, it, it depletes your energy, which is why in cycling like this, in performance cycling and in organizations, you need other people sometimes to take the lead and to give you a bit of a rest, you know? Um, so that's when I said that leadership has to be collective if you're going to drive um, and improve agility. It really does because it's hard work. It's very hard work. Yeah. And finally, the, uh, the sixth leadership approach is one, Asti, if we just move on, is coaching. And, you know, we need, this is the one that we need for any form of change. We need to develop our coaching and mentoring skills. We really do. Um, so we're not just talking about transformational change here. We're talking about even, even short-term transactional change that may require upskilling people in different professions, um, you know. So, um, so coaching and mentoring is vital. And, and the, the other reason it's vital is, as I said to you, through this program, you'll learn how to bring out the leadership in other people. Because what you want to do to create a sustainable business, you want to create a leaderful business and not rely just on people in senior management. So bringing, bringing on the next generation of, um, of, of leaders is, uh, is, is key to the long-term viability of, um, of an organization. And so just to, um, just to wrap up, well, um, Indri, I've just been talking about here. If we start at the, the you know, the, the top left box, um, the ALPD is the Aitken Leadership Practice Diagnostics. So, those are the diagnostics. So we, so first of all, we find out how much agility we have or haven't got. Yeah, um, and then we start, we start to consider um, 
how well are we currently doing these three foundations of the 12 practices, interpersonal communications, relationships building, and knowledge creation and sharing. And then, and then through the program, we get to work on the different sets of practices. So if you go back to the wheel when you have a bit more time, you'll see that the four phases reflect, replenish, refocus, and reward. Each of those phases have different practices. And these are the outcomes that you will get from learning those sets of practice, learning, developing, and applying. Remember, don't forget the applying. Um, so the reason the program is spread out is that once you've come to the masterclass workshop, your learning doesn't stop there. You will be given some activities that you need to go and try out for real in your teams um, because it's the practice of the practices that makes the difference, not just learning about them. You have to, you have to actually physically, <laughs> physically go and give the practices a go, but this time you do it consciously because you can't improve your leadership without practicing it, is my view. You can't just go along to a workshop, learn about the theory of leadership and, and then you know, magically it suddenly improves your leadership. It doesn't. You need to be able to apply your learning back in the workplace. So these are the four different outcomes that you can see. I won't go through them all here. Uh, you can read them in your own time. They're the four different outcomes of, uh, of the different phases of the program. Uh, we end up with a more highly engaged, committed, productive and healthy working environment. And, and, and naturally that leads to more, a, more, um, a more sustainable workplace culture with, with, more, um, with more capability, not just leadership, but professional and technical capabilities um, that, where people really want to make, continue to make contributions individually and together. And that leads to more sustainability. So those staff and stakeholders, um, that's the outcome that we're looking for. And, and of course, that leads invariably to increased productivity, sustained profitability, and enhanced personal prosperity. I use the word prosperity because um, there's also a career element to this as well as a, an organizational element. And, um, you know, um, obviously, if you can become better with your own leadership, you're going to be more attractive um, to, um, to other organizations and, and other sectors. Um, and if you, if you can build your reputation as someone who's coached and mentored future leaders, then um, you're, getting, you're, you're becoming more prosperous because you're making a vital contribution to your own community. And... Um, that's, uh, that's where the, the moral and, uh, and other contributions that you can make come from the outcomes of being on this program. And then uh, just so that you know, we're doing our own R&D still on, the, on this program. Um, uh, this is independent research. If you look at the top left of this, of this um, uh, slide, and every 10% increase in the use of all 12 practices increases emotional commitment to the business by 4%. So that's, um, that's real research um, um, from um, Singapore-based businesses that have, uh, that have 
been assessed for their levels of leadership agility. And that's, that's a hell of a contribution because if you, can, if you can increase emotional commitment, people are more likely to stay with you on the journey rather than, rather than coming to work, but actually thinking they'd rather be in, an, in somewhere else. Emotional commitment is the strongest form of commitment, not just commitment based on pay or rewards or performance, but, but real true emotional commitment belief in the vision purpose and the ability to express uh, your own um, values and, um, and leadership contribution. Okay, so I think that's it. Yes, there we are. But as I say, becoming more adaptive through deepening and flexibly deploying the 12 practices. It's not enough just to learn these practices. It's far more important to uh, apply them in the workplace um, and have the benefit of um, co-coaching um, with your colleagues that are on the program and indeed my mentoring of you as you um, learn to improve um, and build your own um, leadership capability. That's all I wanted to cover today. You do have, you do have more detail in the PDF that Asti sent to you. Uh, does anyone have any other questions about the, um, the program, please? And uh, just, just to repeat what this is, it's a master's level award in agile leadership practice. It has, it's accredited by NOCN, endorsed by the British Chamber of Commerce. And it's, it's the equivalent of one executive MBA module uh, on which, of course, it's, um, it's based. So, um, so that's, uh, that's what the program is. 42 hours online spread over three months. So Paul, for questions that arise that perhaps are not obvious to some people at the moment, maybe they go back and um, talk to colleagues at work um, and so on. How would you like to receive further inquiries? Um, I, I, I um, probably, probably questions to do, I think questions to do with the content objectives, uh, learning process, Chris, if they could, if they could come perhaps directly to, to myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe questions to do with the pricing, you know, um, um, uh, you, you know, how do we pay for it? Any, any, any of those commercial uh, you know, buying, buying sort of um, uh, points of clarity, then maybe, maybe they can come um, through to, um, through to you or Mahesh. Yeah. Okay. So, so if it's, if it's about the course content, if it's about bespoking elements of it, for example, a corporate yes. cohort, um, uh, if it's about suitability for the program, all yes. of those go to you. Yes. So, Asti, if you would please share with everybody um, Paul's email address, just in case it's not known. Um, sure. And then more operational things, um, yes. including finances, timing, and so on. Yes. Uh, yeah. And any and any any other understanding people need about the relationship with NOCN or you know you with me any of any of that sort of operational detail. Yeah. 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 To, to Mahesh and or myself. Please. 
that's absolutely fine. Okay. Um, any, anybody else before we um, we bid good morning to Paul? No, all absolutely crystal clear. Excellent. Okay. Right. Um, so the, the first cohort starts um, mid-November. Um, so there's, um, there's, there's a four week lead in for people to discuss how to enroll and, and so on. Um, and also if there are any personal issues to be taken into account. Um, I, I thought, Indri, was, you, was your question properly, were you happy with the answer in relation to how people are assessed and how companies are assessed? Um, in terms of the answer, it's, it's, um, you know, it's quite clear, but perhaps we'll be more interested to understand what the results said because you know, the process of assessments is quite clear because, you know, people go through into this, uh, you know, pro process and then after that doing the assessment and perhaps we do the assessment on the corporate level or perhaps the individual result can be summarized also in the corporate level. But what is important is what the result says because then for us, for example, in the corporate, we need to link the result into whether this is something that we can take further you know, in terms of the um, uh, company agenda. Sure, uh, sure. In the, in the bigger picture. So sure. I guess that is what is more important for me, for example, um, if, if Dr. Po can share about, you know, the example of the report. Um, it of course, be, Andre, of course. Yeah, it will be very beneficial so that of we understand. Yeah. Abs absolutely, absolutely. We've got, um, we've got, obviously we've got many examples of, of, of individual reports and, and, and team reports and, um, and also um, the organizational analysis. I can share with you some of the wonderful case studies that, that senior managers, directors, CEOs have done. I mean, they've done, they, in, in effect, they've become consultants to their own organization on leadership agility and actually written up, they've actually written it up, you know, as a, as a case study. So mm -hmm. I can also show you at that more corporate level you know, uh, what this looks like in terms of, a, of an analysis and, and more importantly, what to do, what to do about it to improve, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely, absolutely, we can provide, provide you with that, no problem. Perhaps, if, perhaps Dr. Aiken, if, if, if I may uh, ask one more questions, not oh, necessarily to be answered now, but- Of course. You know, um, nowadays, one of the biggest challenges of the established, we call established company like Prudential, the one who yes. already existing for many years in the, in the business, is actually how to really build um, disruptive leaders. Yes. With, uh, uh, you know, agility, leadership that we are talking about, actually sure, sure. already answering this, you know, being a disruptive leader. Is that the same? You know, same. It's the same. Uh, things, or is it different? Is something that you know? No, it's it's the, 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 it's the same injury. The thing is, the thing is that, that that question that you've just posed, right, is 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 what um, organisations have been posing for, for probably for the last five years. Mm. I, I mean, you you'll see it in the business. You see it in the business media. You see it in business journals. You see it in the newspapers. You see this word. Um, wow, you know, we need more agile leadership because the world's getting more. But, but 
you know, you know, my my vision was to actually do something about it, not just define it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because you can define it forever, but can you actually improve someone's ability to become more agile? Is what I was focused on, and that's what that's the journey we've been on for the past past five years. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. Uh, the thing is. Uh, disruption, you know, you have to disrupt yourself before you can disrupt other people. Mm. Um, but, but it's best to do that though with some, with some certainty, with some science, with some, with some um, confidence that if you do disrupt yourself, you know, you know what you're disrupting, why you're disrupting, and why you need to be, and why you need to do something different rather than just disrupting yourself and everybody else. <laughs> in other words, it has to be thought through, right? It has to be thought through in some level of detail because otherwise, otherwise it's just chaos. I mean, it's a recipe for chaos, right? Mm. If everyone's just disrupting everything, well, but it starts with you as an individual. You need to really um, reflect on your own leadership agility first. Okay, before you start disrupting other people. And I would just like to say how disruptive all of you will prove to me if I can't get you off this screen in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, Chris. I didn't... Yeah, exactly. I'm just looking at it. Ten past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better go. Better go. This platform yeah, yeah. for uh, uh, an unscheduled Britjam board meeting. Yeah, no, exactly. Hey, thanks yeah. very much, Chris. All right, every, every one of you. So, yeah. so just you. in closing, um, this has been, a, a, I think, a wonderful preview. Um, it, it can be the beginning of a longer dialogue, if that's what's needed with Paul, on, on qualitative issues relating to the program. It can also prompt a dialogue with Mahesh or myself uh, in relation to operational issues. Um, regarding the program, um, but um, do, do feel free to, to take away the information that you have and consider it in the context of your roles. Is it you as individuals? Is it you as people in HR departments um, needing uh, to, to get better tools for your executives and senior managers? Um, <clears throat> then the, the, the conversation can be had. Um, so with that, I, I'd just like to bid you all, yeah, I think you're all in, uh, except for Paul, um, you're all in Indonesia. So wish you a very, very good evening. Um, Monday's done, four exciting more days to go. And, <laughs> and, and then it'll be, thank God it's Friday, won't it? All right, see you hey, all. Stay Bye. safe, everyone. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah.